When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Oh my goodness. Oh, I should not be this tired. <laughs> hey, everybody, thank you. Please sit down. No John, problem. good to see you. Yes. Joe? From a distance. Happy Thursday. Mm. Welcome to the Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Shit. Uh oh, uh oh. As you may have noticed, none of you are here right now. Oh, Only people in the audience right now. Give me a shot of this. Only people in the audience right now are some members of my staff. Hi, guys. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down over here. Mm -hmm. Okay. How are you, John? I'm good. Good. Yeah, me too. How me are too. you? I'm good. Oh, very, uh, very excited to be doing a show tonight. I actually don't know how I am. What do you mean you don't know who you are? Well, you know, the virus, you don't have symptoms. Right, exactly, exactly. So, which is the reason we don't have an audience. Right, it's because we don't, we, we don't know what's going on. Because okay. the, the, the two things to keep in mind, there's, uh, you don't want to be part of the hysteria. Right. But you also want to act with an abundance of caution That's over here. Right. But we don't know if, like, on this side of it, we kind of know... You know how much hysteria we could produce if we wanted to. Yeah, yeah. That's and over problem. here, we don't know if this is a feather or a brick. Right. You know, we don't know. Over here, like around the world, this seems to be a brick. Mm hmm. So we went with brick. Mm. There you go. How's the show going so far? It's moving. It's moving. Let me, uh, let me explain what's going on. Uh, all of the New York City late night shows were planning to go without audiences starting on Monday. We announced that last night, actually. And uh, that changed because just a few hours ago, we got some surprising news. We would be going without an audience starting tonight. This is absolutely true. We're just kind of winging. This is yeah. rehearsal right now, mm -hmm. which might be a good thing. Because in my mind, all of my jokes are perfect. The only person that ever disagrees with me is the audience. Can't disagree with me now, can you? <laughs> ha! Look, I just got a laugh. I've done a show without an audience before. Back before The Late Show started, uh, we did a secret show in a small Michigan town uh, called Monroe, Michigan. There was so much scrutiny on our first show that we decided to get out of, you know, town and get the show out of the way by taking over a public access program called Only on Monroe. I'm sure you all saw it. It's the reason why you're watching tonight, obviously. It was sort of guerrilla marketing. Uh, notice that I did not say viral marketing, because uh, we will never be using that phrase again. Yeah. 
What can we talk about? Oh, here's something. Uh, the most breaking news for me is when I learned that because of the coronavirus, all of Broadway was shutting down tonight. That's, that's another reason why we don't have an audience. Frankly, it's a little sad because those Broadway shows had already been working on new precautions to keep the audience safe. Here's footage from last night's rehearsal of West Side Story. I need some Purell. <laughs> oh, man. Right now, I'm imagining your laughter. Yeah. And last night, we learned that the NBA has suspended its season until further notice. So congratulations to the New York Knicks. It's the best thing to happen to them all year. <laughs> Get a sip in. You know what I watched today? What's that? I watched uh, Steve Allen, you know, mm-hmm. the guy who started all this. Yes, yes. Steve Allen started the original Tonight Show yep. at the Hudson Theater right down the street here. Mm-hmm. And uh, after the Tonight Show, had something called the Steve Allen Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just playing piano. This is the show. He was playing piano while Jack Kerouac read selections from On the Road. Wow. That's what these shows used to be. Wow. And can be again. <laughs> Thanks to coronavirus. <laughs> well, if all that news wasn't unsettling enough, last night we also learned that Tom Hanks has the coronavirus. Mm. Hey, coronavirus. Okay, yeah, you could shut down Italy. You could shut down South Korea. You could destroy our economy, but keep your filthy nucleocapsid proteins off Tom Hanks. The man is an American treasure. This is like learning that Liberty Bell has herpes. <laughs> Not gonna, it ends now. It ends now. I'm being told it's not ending now. And I have to keep doing the show without an yeah. audience. Okay, now, yeah. moving on. Forrest. Come on, mm. Forrest. I think this might, I think this, I think this is going pretty well. <laughs> How do you guys think it's going pretty well? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Now, it, yeah. I don't want. I, I want yeah. you to forget. That's enough. I want you to forget the fact that I pay all those people. <laughs> now, even though Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson both test positive, they say they have mild symptoms and are doing fine. Mm-hmm. Hanks posted with poise, I might add, as Hanks always does. Uh-huh about how they're handling the problem. Well, now, what to do next? We, Hanks, will be tested, observed, and isolated for as long as public health and safety requires. Not much more to it than a one-day-at-a-time approach, no? Take care of yourselves. Mm. Hanks. Mm. Positive message, but a bummer of a sequel to Catch Me If You Can. Wow. Wow. I'm guessing we would put a graphic up there that would say Catch Me If You Can at some point. In the real show. In the real show, we would do that. This is rehearsal, but I'm thinking this is what we actually show people. Sure. Uh-oh. <laughs> They're going to be really surprised when I walk out of the building in a half an hour. <laughs> hey. Oh, sure, Stephen. We'll tape the rehearsal. <laughs> See ya, suckers. Watch that hand. Watch that hand. Whoa. Hold on. What Hold am on. I thinking? Yeah. What am I thinking? You gotta be ready. You gotta, you got to, John. You gotta stay vigilant. Last night, Donald Trump preempted all programming to address a worried nation and remind them he's the thing they should really worry about. We will be suspending all travel from Europe to the United States for the next 30 days. These prohibitions will not only apply to the tremendous amount of trade and cargo, 
but various other things as we get approval. The people ban doesn't seem to make much sense, as one former Department of Homeland Security official put it. The virus is here in the U.S. The focus needs to be on taking action here, treating people and testing people. This seems to be pointless. The virus is already here. It's like in a horror movie. Somebody hearing the killer is already inside the house and responding with, Oh no, I'd better go lock all the doors. Then I'll just leave this axe on the bathroom sink as I take a shower. Mm -hmm. la, 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 la. Honey, is that you? Mm -hmm. Come on in. Lulu. Lulu. I'm all soapy. Lulu. I've got my eyes closed, uh -huh. so I can't read the script. <laughs> is it? Is it bit over? Bit's over. When Wall Street heard that all trade was being suspended, they freaked out. Here's a chart of Dow futures from the moment Trump's speech started to one hour later. Gah! I don't know much about finance, but I do know the old rule. Line go down, pants go brown. Okay? E.F. Hutton said that originally. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. why people would listen. Uh-huh. Ask your grandparents about that reference. People, when E.F. Hutton talks... People listen, that's right. I believe they are ash can at this point. So an hour after his speech, Trump leapt on Twitter to correct himself. Please remember, very important for all countries and businesses to know that trade will in no way be affected by the 30-day restriction on travel from Europe. The restriction stops people, not goods. Please remember, very important for all countries and businesses to know Nothing I say is true. Pay no attention to the man behind the bronzer. <laughs> a night's sleep did not make the markets feel any better about Trump's performance because this morning, right after the opening bell, the Dow dropped 1,700 points, triggering automatic circuit breakers to temporarily halt trading. I wish reality had automatic circuit breakers. I mean, other than flipping this switch. <laughs> you flip mm. that one. Mm. 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 What am I supposed to do? There's no more Purell. Mm. I'm just hoping to drink enough of this that I just sweat out the sterilizing. Mm-hmm. Oh. John, you don't, you don't drink at all? No. You don't drink at all? No. How do you calm down? Music. Okay. You know? But I don't know how to play the piano. You can listen to music. Try me out here. Okay. You play something, and I'll have a sip of bourbon. You All play right. something, obviously, I compare the calming effect, okay? Okay. So, ready? Uh, go. Stop now. <laughs> One of the things that had to freak out Wall Street was Trump's body language. He had a rakish flair that can only be described as stark terror. It wasn't so much deer in the headlights as deer in the Oval Office. <laughs> oh, snap. No, don't follow me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a little too much of this stuff over here, I think. Because it was a Trump speech, 
words not do good. For instance, he gets a little tripped up here. I am confident that by counting and continuing to take these tough measures. It's not very reassuring when the guy telling us to stay calm about a respiratory virus loses his breath in the middle of a two-syllable word. <laughs> I am your president. <laughs> Trump's on-camera remarks were a total disaster, but if there's any consolation, so were his off-camera remarks. Here's Trump, moment before the speech, unaware that the camera was already rolling. Do you like the book being on the desk or not? Or would you rather have it not be? I'll have it there just in case it goes down. Maybe it looks better. It gives you something up here, right? Does it matter? Yes. Way to have the right priorities. This is like that famous Churchill speech. We should fight them on the beaches. We should fight them on the landing grounds. You like my hair slicked back? Maybe it looks better pushed forward. Does it matter? Either way, I'm a smoke show. Mm. But the fun didn't stop there because after he finished, the cameras kept rolling. We're clear. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow, indeed. That's where we at. That's where we at. That's exactly right. That is not what you want to hear at the end of an important speech. And that's why I know they're going to have a long, happy life together. To Karen and John. Okay. <laughs> I give it a year, tops. <laughs> uh, we got to take a break, uh, but stick around when we come back. More of whatever this is. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So the speech was a disaster. Mm. A disaster. Mm. But today, Trump uh, got a do-over in a televised meeting with Irish leader Leo Varadkar. Varadkar? Not the Ovaradkars? Irish leader Varadkar. <laughs> Bow before Varadkar. <laughs> I'll tell you all about it in tonight's episode of... Chair chat. Trump started by explaining that due to viral concerns, he and Varadkar didn't shake hands. Well, we didn't shake hands today, and uh, we looked at each other. We said, "What are we going to do?" You know, it's sort of a weird feeling. I think we went and we said this. at the same time, we did this. You know, I just got back from India, and I didn't shake any hands there, and it was very easy because they go like this, and Japan goes like this. Uh, they were ahead of the curve. It's strange. Bowing like that in India or Japan is a respectful thing to do, but somehow, when Trump does it, it seems like a hate crime. <laughs> this, this. 
Trump continued to insist he could have never seen this thing that everybody saw coming, coming. What we did with Europe is uh, this was the time. And China, a lot of it came from uh, when, you, when you think of what happened to Europe because it was very fast and very furious. It was fast oh. and furious. Some might even say too fast, too furious. It <laughs> started in Asia, but then, of course, we all saw the Tokyo Drift. Do, <laughs> do we know the fate of the furious? Do we know that yet? The fate of the furious? No, but we do know, as Vin Diesel says, it's all about family. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Never seen one of those movies. I, I should see all of them. I want to mm. see all of those movies. Mm -hmm. What? I want to see all of those movies, because uh -huh. I think to truly understand this country that I love, uh -huh. I need to see the most successful decology ever made. Because there have been 10 of them, right? Or is this, the ne this one the 10th? Nine will be the tenth, because eight was actually the ninth, because Hobbs and Shaw is canon. Don't fight. Just give me an answer. <laughs> is Hobbs and Shaw canon? Yes. So that's the ninth. So the eighth is the ninth. The ninth is the tenth. But here's what I'm saying. And don't... Give me a shot at Chris. Give me a shot at Chris right now, <laughs> damn it. But, Donnie, can you move? You're in the shot. No, that doesn't help at all. You're a cameraman. How do you not know that that doesn't help? I am telling you, what's happening right now is the future of this television show. I, you think I'm not leaving in half an hour? You're crazy. I think this is actually going... I'm rather enjoying this right now. Are you having a good time? Uh, yes. Okay. Have you had any of this? Because <laughs> I have, and I gotta tell you, I feel like a child again. Making mud pies, man. Anything's possible. Yes, that's right. That's right. Mm. We're at 38 minutes. 38 minutes? We've almost got a full show right here. Tom! Yeah? What do you think? Anything here? Can you use any of this? I can use some of it, sure. We got 38 minutes. Not 38 minutes worth. No, what I mean is, how much do we need? Of the 38 minutes that I've talked so far, how much of this do we need? Um, generally speaking, 14. <laughs> we got 14 minutes? Come on, there's 14 minutes in here. How much are we burning right now? This has got to be a full minute of me just yeah. asking you about this. It's gonna be cut. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Purcell and Chris Licht, everybody. Ooh, ooh. Good thing Trump seems so unworried about coronavirus because a senior Brazilian government official who visited Mar-a-Lago days ago and was in close proximity to Donald Trump and Mike Pence has tested positive for coronavirus. The White House says Trump and Pence had almost no interactions with the Brazilian press secretary who tested positive for coronavirus after his Mar-a-Lago visit and do not require being tested at this time. There's a big difference between almost no interactions and no interactions. What do you mean she's pregnant? I had almost no sex with her. <laughs> we'll be right back with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. <laughs> Folks, my first guest tonight is a neurosurgeon, a best-selling author, and CNN's chief medical correspondent, 
Please welcome for his first Stephen Colbert interview, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Thank you, uh, thank you uh, so much for being on here tonight. Thanks for having me. I wish I've... you were under, you know, better circumstances. But me, I... me too. Appreciate but, it. But you know, if if. Uh, if, if a good time to talk to Dr. Sanjay Gupta. You're informing a lot of people over on CNN. I see you talking with Anderson many nights. Yeah. And um, you're, you're a doctor and you have a new podcast. Yep. Called? Coronavirus Fact Versus Fiction. Okay, let's get into some of the fact versus fiction tonight. You talk on the podcast about the line between uh, caution and panic. And that's certainly something we've talked a lot about here, about, let's say, when to get rid of audiences or, you know, how to do the show, maybe without the staff in the building, so we try to keep people as safe as we can. Where is that line? Because that line seems to be kind of blurry right now. Yeah, and I think it it's feels different for different people, and it changes. It's changed a lot over the last uh, two months. You know, we've been covering this story in great detail for some time. People now, I think, more than ever, are really starting to pay attention. I don't, think, I don't think it ever should cross into panic because panic doesn't serve any purposes, I think, certainly from a medical standpoint. The medical establishment is having to prepare here. But I think the idea that people should be uh, concerned enough to really start to do things with their own lives that, that can help protect them, I think, is real. I mean, okay. that, that, that's, that's within, within all of us at this point. Well, let me rephrase it slightly then. How worried should we be? I think for the majority of people, um, this is not going to be something that's going to uh, make them tremendously ill, this coronavirus. It might make them sick for a few days, though likely to recover. And how does that manifest itself? Because I've heard that, you know, for 80% of the people, and correct my numbers here if, I, if you need to, that 80% of the people, you'll have nothing or something mild right. uh, in it to manifest. But the 20%, it could be severe, approximately. What is that severity? When it does manifest itself, what is that? Yeah, so people will develop a, a pretty significant pneumonia. Uh, a lot of times, uh, they'll develop inflammation in their lungs. You think of the lungs as sort of being these soft sponges. Yeah. When you start to get that inflammation, the sponges become harder. They don't work as well, mm -hmm. so it becomes harder to breathe. Uh, initially, someone might just have difficulty walking up a flight of stairs without getting short of breath where it was no problem before. I say running once around the audience and then coming on stage. Exactly. Get, okay. That's right. That's, I mean, but you'll notice changes in terms of how your body's functioning, but ultimately it'll get to... What if you're in your mid-50s and you're noticing changes in how your body functions <laughs> all the time? You're, you're, you're in good shape. Thank you. You're in good That's shape. That's a doctor. I can tell. Yes. A doctor, <laughs> a doctor just said I'm in good shape, honey. I, <laughs> I don't... I, I mean... There's certain population of people I worry about. You know, I, I'll tell you, uh, Stephen, I've, I've been calling my parents every day. Uh, they're in their late 70s. They live in Florida. And it really struck me in the beginning of this conversation, the, the message was always 80% will be fine. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, well, what if I'm in my late 70s or early 80s and you're hearing nobody cares about me? Mm -hmm. And so we have identified who the vulnerable population is here. It is elderly people. It is people who, who have some pre-existing conditions like heart disease. For them, their immune system won't be able to fight this virus as well. So the lungs won't be able to stay as pliable and eventually they can develop a, what's called a respiratory distress and they need to be on a breathing machine. They need to be supported while the body tries to fight off the virus. That's happening. I mean, it's happening in real time. Right now, as I'm talking to you, in Italy, 
in Korea, in China, patients showing up at hospitals, sometimes these hospitals not having enough to take care of these patients, and I'm just stunned by the decision-making that has to happen at these hospitals right now. I have a patient here, I have a patient here, both of them, I could, I could save them, both, but I don't have the resources to do that, so I'm gonna have to make a really tough decision. That's what's happening here. Is that alarming? Yes, it should be alarming. Can it be prevented? Absolutely. Should we have been preparing for the last six weeks? For sure. Did we? Doesn't seem like it. That's, I think, what, if I get panicked, it's not because of the virus, it's because of our response, I think, thus far to things. I hear conflicting stories of, or reports of how this can spread. How, how does it spread as far as we know? Is it surfaces? Is it droplets? Is, yeah. Does it aerosolize? How long can it stay on the surface? Do we yeah. know? We do have a pretty good idea now. Uh, you know, China was the first place we really started to see this, and there was these large studies of 70 or 80,000 people, and they started to really look at that. It doesn't seem to aerosolize like you think of measles, for example. With measles, the little viruses will attach to dust, and they'll, they'll literally suspend in the air. If I had measles and I left here two hours later, someone could come in here and actually contract the measles from where I was sitting. And that's not happening. That's in not case. the case here. So respiratory droplets, the virus is in these droplets. When people cough or they sneeze, those droplets can hang in the air for a little bit, but typically they'll go to ground or go to a surface or something like that. So if I'm in close proximity, within you know six, three to six feet, something like this, yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, it's more concerning, but, uh, most, and, but the surfaces is because those respiratory droplets can land on a surface, you touch the surface, you touch your eyes, mm -hmm. your nose, or your mouth, and that's how people become infected. Should people still date? <laughs> you know, I mean, because... I think, I think we, it depends we, how much you like the person. Yeah, I but mean, I mean... Everything is a... Blind date? Uh, no. no. No, no blind dates. Tinder? Definitely not. Definitely. But even before this, no Tinder. <laughs> I'm kidding. The, uh... <laughs> Here's, here's the, uh, here, here's the thing. I, I think, you know, Stephen, everything in life is, is a risk-reward proposition. And I tell people all the time, as a doctor, you know, don't smoke, don't eat cheeseburgers and things like that, yeah. but if you really want one, you'll do it because the risk-reward proposition is good enough for you. Mm -hmm. um, getting on a plane, I'm getting on a plane tomorrow probably. There's certain, you know, is it riskier to do things versus before, perhaps. But everything's a risk-reward proposition. Being in close contact with somebody, especially somebody you don't know, uh, is, is, it's a different time right now. And I think what I'm really struck by is that never before, and I've been doing this for a long time, have I found a situation where how I behave so dramatically impacts your health and how you behave so dramatically impacts my health and all the people in this theater tonight. And what we, I keep thinking of, it's not just you, but my behavior towards you is going to affect your parents in their late 70s. That's right. I'm seeing the people that you know. That's right. Uh, it, it, these concentric circles around you. Uh, and that, that has to be important to me. I have an obligation now, not just for my health, mm -hmm. my family's health, but for your health and your family's health. We are codependent on each other in a way that I've never seen before. There's an obligation now. It's, 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 I don't want to get too philosophical here, but I find it really fascinating in a way that the, if not for me, if I don't engage in these good behaviors for me, then I should do it for you. I should do it for the people around me. And, and I think hopefully that's motivating for people to do this. I, I think that individual behaviors make such a big difference here. I don't think people get it yet, but I think people will get this, Stephen. I, I, I really do, because it's, it's so important for people to understand. I tell people to wash their hands and then like, 
you're telling me in the middle of a pandemic that washing my hands, that's all you've got? Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you understand how much of an impact that only makes for you, that makes for me? You know, it, it's, it's, it's becoming very real, I think, for people in that way. Well, uh, we don't have an audience, but we still have commercials. We have to take a little bit of a break. Uh, please stick around. We'll have more information about coronavirus and how you can protect yourself and your family from Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Stick around. here with uh, Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Let's talk about, you, you mentioned that, you know, if, if you are exposed to this, you might be tested and, you know, find out that, you're, that you have been exposed yeah. and then people that you exposed have to be quarantined. How do you get tested? Um, have you been tested? I've not been tested. Um, I don't think everyone needs to get tested. I think, you know, doctors need to make good judgment here. I don't think you don't want to cause panic by just saying everyone should get tested, you know, with 350 million people. The president has said last week that there are tests out there for everyone. Presently, tests for everyone. They're beautiful tests. They're great tests. Everyone who wants a test can get one today, as of yesterday, he said. Uh, is that true or false, Sanjay Gupta? It's, it's false. Okay. And it's sad. Because um, there's so many things that work so well with our healthcare system. I'm a, you know, I'm a member of the healthcare system. I think there's so many things that work. We failed with regard to testing in this country, and and I'm why though we have I, we do have excellent medical professionals and a fantastic medical technology in the United States. Why don't we have a test? And why did we refuse the German test? Well. With regard to that second question, I think that's a really interesting thing. I mean, I think we get very provincial in the United States. If it's not stamped with a Made in America sign, we tend to think of other things as inferior. Things from other countries, you know, they don't seem... We automatically think they're not going to meet our standards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that wasn't the case. Those tests were, were good tests. They got out there and they... Is that they, the test that's being used elsewhere in the world? Like, are yeah. the Koreans using the German test? The, the, the World Health Organization sort of adopted it, and it got used in, in many countries. The South Koreans did, and, uh, and uh, they're using it in many countries in Europe, so... Do you know if there's a test being developed right now? Like, is there going to be a test soon that can be mass-produced in the United States? Yes, there, there is a test, and, and there has been a test, uh, but it wasn't... Uh, they tried to scale it up and send it out to all these places. That initial test was flawed. It didn't work. They couldn't, they couldn't count on it actually giving conclusive results. They pulled everything back. They said, we're going to do everything out of the CDC. And what's striking to me, uh, just even this week, Stephen, if you go to the CDC's website, and we've been talking about this for six weeks. I feel like I've been screaming into the abyss. And frankly, you get a lot of, you get a lot of um, pushback, especially on social media, people saying, you know, you're fear-mongering. Why are you being so critical? Uh, and, and even if you go to the CDC's website now, Zero tests by the CDC on some days this week. Eight tests by the public health departments. Eight, period. Not 8,000, not 8 million. Eight tests total by our public health care system. And meanwhile, how many tests are they doing in, say, South Korea? On South Korea basis? was doing 10,000 a day for a period of time. I, so we, we don't have, as, as, as people have said, we don't have eyes on this thing. Mm -hmm. It's often described in sort of hunting metaphors. I'm not sure if it's an appropriate metaphor or not. Mm -hmm. But we don't have eyes on this. We don't know what we're dealing with exactly in this country. Even these numbers that are coming out today, which have gone up significantly since last week when, you know, there was 15 cases. Now there's thousand, more than 1,000 cases. I think that's a gross underestimate of what's actually happening here. Well, let's talk about the uh, address the president gave to the country last night. Um, 
presidents rarely speak from the Oval Office, only times usually of uh, crisis. Yeah. Um, last night, uh, the president announced a European travel ban. European leaders were caught flat-footed. They, didn't, they were not giving, giving a heads up. They denounced it, um, and global stocks plunged overnight. Is there value to what the president uh, proposed, or is it the barn door is shut? Yeah, I think that that, that metaphor is, is appropriate here, Stephen. I mean, people will say, um, what about the, the, the travel ban on China back in January? You remember 195 Americans brought in by that flight and then put in quarantine at that Air Force base. Huge move. That hadn't happened in 60 years in this country. Last time that happened was smallpox. It was, it was a big decision, you know, to do this. The problem now is that there's a lot of cases of coronavirus in this country and they're spreading in communities. So you'd really have to justify why you would do a travel ban from countries that may have similar numbers of coronavirus cases as we do. And again, we don't really even know how many cases we have because we haven't been testing. As a medical professional, have you heard from the administration a rationale as to why uh, continental Europe uh, may be cut off but uh, the UK is not, or South Korea was not? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they did have these, these level three restrictions in South Korea, so they had some, you know, non-essential, no non-essential travel and things like that. Um, but no, it didn't make a lot of sense, especially given that we're talking about a little strand of RNA here that doesn't respect borders, it doesn't respect boundaries, it travels freely all around these places. So the fact that you could arbitrarily say this, and by the way, you know, you, Stephen, you look at what's happening in China. China is now saying, we don't want other people from these countries coming to our country because we finally got this thing under control. They announced that they, they believe that they're past the peak of the epidemic. That's right. What did they do that we could learn from the Chinese? Well, you know, Ch China was, um, they were very heavy-handed. I mean, maybe a little bit slow out of the gate, you know, depending on how you look at what was going on there in, in November and December, but very heavy-handed. They, they basically had the largest quarantine ever recorded in the history of the world. 60 million people under quarantine over there, not letting people in or out, really trying to contain this virus. That's containment, which is different than mitigation, which is just slowing the spread of it. Containment was the name of the game over there, something that could happen in China, and, and I think you saw the, can the beneficial... That, can that happen in the United States, though? Because, for instance, Wuhan was the first place that they contained, and the area around it. That city itself is 11 million right. people. Small I, I, Chinese city, right? Exactly, a small Chinese people. city. It would be the equivalent of saying no one in the New York metropolitan area can go in or go out. Yep. I don't, Are I, we headed that way? I, I don't think we could ever do what they did in China. I, I, you know, in order for quarantines like that to work, people have, first of all, you have to do it early. You have to be very consistent, and everyone has to be super honest about this. In China, it was mandated. I mean, it's a different, it's a different rule of law there. I mean, everyone talks about this, the, the autocracy and what that really means when it comes to government. And, and in many ways, it, there, there's a lot of negatives, but with this particular situation, they were able to do something that I don't think can be done in hardly any other places of the world. But one thing I do want to point out is that that's, they're not the only model of success. I'm optimistic, you know, you look at Singapore, you look at Hong Kong, uh, Stephen, borders mainland China. Mm -hmm. They've had about 120 patients diagnosed in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. So there's different things that can be done, but they have to be done. They have to be done early. The testing is, is, is critical to that. And then all these other measures that we're talking about in terms of social distancing can have a real impact. If you can stick around uh, for just one more act, we have to take another commercial break. Uh, but come right back, because we'll have more. Dr. Sanjay Gupta...
everybody, welcome back. We're here with Dr. Sanjay Gupta. All the contenders, um, of major party contenders for the, the 2020 election are over 70. Even Elizabeth Warren, who just dropped out, right. is 70 herself. Yeah. Um, should they continue to campaign? You know, I think it's going to have to be a different campaign if they want to be uh, as as um, honest about what's happening in this country as possible. It looks like Bernie and, and Biden have canceled their rallies canceled and canceled the, rallies. the the audience for the debate, which is on CNN. Yeah, the president has huge rallies. I, look, I know he's getting guidance from really good people around him. I know these people. They talk to me. I, some of them are my sources. I talk to them on a regular basis. He he knows he's at least being told mm -hmm. the deal with, with this. I mean, with rallies, you can't social distance people. People are going to be right up on top of each other. Mm -hmm. uh, is they could spread the virus. Mm -hmm. Even if they don't, somebody tests positive, are you going to basically go back and try and quarantine large groups of people? Mm -hmm. People come from all over the place, and then they go back to their hometowns. How do you... To contact trace, to figure out where this virus went, how it spread, it's such a huge burden on the public health system. It is a burden on the public health system to have rallies because of that. It's, it's not just, you know, a possible medical issue. That's, that's the biggest issue. But think about all, that, all the work that would need to be done if just one person then tested positive. It's, it, it's, it's a real issue. And again, I know people that are very close to the president and close, you know, within federal government are telling him this. Can I, uh, before we yes, go, can I give you a little time. taste of that? <laughs> and is this actually effective? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, hand sanitizer is good. 60% alcohol, which that stuff does, I've checked. Mm -hmm. Um, soap and water, really good, you know, and... But a good scrub. 20 seconds. You know, 20 seconds. And you know what? So, you know, I, I do this, and you really got to get in there like that. Mm -hmm. And then the other side. When you're a surgeon, you get up your wrists and your forearms, sure. too. You don't need to do that here. Don't forget the thumbs. Everyone always forgets to wash their thumbs. Mm -hmm. Make sure you get the thumbs. 20 seconds is a lot longer than you think. And I've, ne you know, I travel a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm in the in the terminal restrooms and i've never seen so many guys being so diligent about washing their hands so that that's good if nothing else good comes from this we uh -huh. are cleaner than ever remember interlace your fingers when you wash everybody remember here's the church here's the steeple the entire congregation is extremely nervous <laughs> very good uh doctor thank you so much for being here thank you very much appreciate it coronavirus fact versus fiction is available daily online dr sanjay gupta everybody we'll be right back edition no audience live rehearsal i want to thank all these people and my staff around the building uh we'll see you next week who do we have next week go to the end of this who do we have who do we have nobody we don't know good night this has been the late show poncho with stephen colbert if you're enjoying the late show poncho leave us a five-star review on spotify or apple podcasts Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. And for more exclusive Late Show content, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube.